In the early 20th century, our world teetered on the brink of an unimaginable doom from beyond time, space, and reality. But who guarded mankind against the forces of infinite darkness? Which brave, unsung, and, for the most part, competent heroes held that thin, weird line between humanity's fragile dominion and sanity-quashing chaos? The answer may quite possibly be found among the papers of two men, one of mysticism, the other of science. These are the adventures of Quiet and Bold, Consultants Paraordinary. Case file number two, The Innsmouth Bride. April 20th, 1924 began innocently enough. Those who've heard the tale of our arrival in Arkham the day before would be forgiven for thinking we might still be reeling from those dreadful events. But no, we don't reel long. True, we'd reeled for an hour, perhaps two, before bed. But a hot water bottle and an early night can fix almost anything, to quote Mother's gravestone. I'd served the doctor his early morning kippers and brandy in Mr Bold's palatial parlour and was just assisting with his etheric refraction coil which required some delicate fine-tuning. Go, oh, hellfire, brimstone and blast! This banjaxed blighter's very nearly starting to cheese me off. Now, now, Doctor. A burnt-out transistor's no excuse for turning the air bluer than a Scotsman's kneecaps. <sighs> You're quite right. That was a beastly outburst. Thank goodness no one of importance was present. Agreed. What in Sam Hill was that? I told you guys if you intend to fool around with explosive materials under my roof, at least let me watch. And a very good morning to you too, Bold. Yes, I slept very well. Thank you for inquiring. That was a backfiring etheric refraction coil. Piece of junk. Sir, what did we just say about the language? Whoa, put down the tools and take the day off, Prof. I don't know about you stiff-lipped limeys, but when I've been possessed by a vampire, fought hand-to-hand with a house full of tentacles, and committed major arson, I figure I've earned a little R&R. Americans certainly can talk, can't they? I catch every third or fourth word, at best. I gotta show you two the sights. I'm thinking hot dogs in a ball game, or how about cocktails at the opera? No, I could fuel up my airship. What do you say? Well, I know what I'd like to say, but Mrs. Humble wouldn't approve of the vocabulary. If you'll pardon the interruption, sirs. Wembley, come on in. Uh, it's Norton, sir. Of course. You're new here, right? It's been my honour to serve three generations of your family, sir. Honestly, Bold, I had Mrs Humble's name memorised within eight months. A little thing, but much appreciated. Telegram for you, Master Bold, from Miss Prentice. Thanks, Kingsley. Very good, sir. Ah, it's from Penny, my ex. Probably another wedding invite. Hmm, This woman's an ex. Is that letter some sort of black magic code name? No, (gasps) ex-lover. Bless my God-fearing garters. Oh, I've come over quite warm. Bold, for the sake of all that's holy, a gentleman's intimate history, or even yours, should remain private, especially within earshot of house guests. Namely me. Oh, that's a shame, because I got a pretty great intimate history. Oh, well, we don't want to be rude. Go on. We do this one ritual involving seven... No, just read your telegram. Uh, I don't know. She already invited me to watch her get hitched, but things didn't end well. For me, at least. Please, I said enough of the sordid details. I'm only talking about my feelings. Exactly. It's obscene. Oh, give it here. Dear Randy, please reconsider. Stop. I need you here. Stop. That's a bit more than an invite. Ah, jeez. I have to go, don't I? To witness the marriage of a woman you're still mooning over who broke your heart to bits like it were peanut brittle at an apparently doomed wedding miles away where you won't know any of the guests. 
Oh, I can't think why you wouldn't. Bon voyage, then. You two should come with me to Innsmouth. We deserve a party. Attend the wedding of a non-blood relation. I swear this country grows more anarchic by the second. Oh, Jack, in horses. Innsmouth. I think I've heard of that place. I doubt it, unless you've got a subscription to Depressing Coastal Towns Monthly, or help judge America's stinkiest fishing village, 1923. Besides, Mrs. Humble and I have much important work to do. In your house, where we shall continue to lodge for free until your return. What better way to express our gratitude for all these scientific supplies you've paid for than by using them, then ordering more? Fair point. Well, you know where the checkbook is. See you in a week. So, where were we? Yes, you recalibrate the psionic manifold. I'll finish these kippers. I've a wrong feeling in my gut, sir. Well, I wasn't offering to share. No, a bad omen. A sinister portent jabbing at me giblets. Something about that name. Innsmouth. All that morning, the word niggled in me noggin like a wobbly tooth, while Mr. Bold, all alone and brimming with that special brand of idiocy peculiar to young men who think they might be on course for a bit of how's your godmother, travelled to that rank, wretched seaside scab of a place that reeked of rotten cod and broken dreams. Mostly rotten cod. Hello? Hello? Where is everyone? Yep. Oh, oh my! <laughs> you really kind of uh, popped up there. <clears throat> Well, I... Can I help you? I'd like to check in. Uh, suppose you'll be wanting a room, then. Yes, indeed, my good man. Or ideally a suite. Just anything executive penthouse with great views and a steam room. I'm not fussy. Yeah, for the ceremony? The wedding? Sure am. But between us, gents, the bride and I used to be, um, Charleston partners, if you get my meaning. <laughs> I reckon one look at what she's been missing, and there might not be a wedding. The groom's my brother. <laughs> I know. I knew that. Of course I did. It was an in-joke between me and the bride. Can't stand each other, really. Oh, she'll laugh when you tell her. <laughs> I love to laugh, don't you? Yep. But moving on, I must say that you have a very different or striking, no, exotic look about you. I do. Your complexion. Well, your skin has a... It's gray. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> <sighs> Never better. Good, good. It's just that, combined with the large mouth and well-spaced eyes, which are quite something. Well, my grandmother was Dutch. That'll be it. Mm. Here's your key. Well, I don't see why we even need flowers. Because it's supposed to look like a proper wedding. Randy? Penny! I mean, Miss Prentice, I trust you're well. Oh, you came. I'm delighted. Who is this gentleman, Penelope? Oh, I told you about him. Randolph D. Bold, a dear old colleague from my college days. Thought you couldn't stand each other. Time heals all wounds. Mr. Bold, Ezekiel Gilman. How do you do? Pleased to meet ya. Oh, <laughs> nice cold handshake and not too dry. You know, you look kind of like our manager over here, if not more so. Mm-hmm. Silas is my brother. Mm-hmm. Well, there sure is a local look. Are you Dutch? <laughs> no, you silly goose. The Gilmans are one of the most respected families in town. Ezekiel's my fiancé. What? I know I may not be the tallest or sweetest smelling suitor Miss Prentice has had, but she she threw all that to my inner beauty. Penny does? I mean, sure, Penny does. She never used to make fun of people for how they look or make up nicknames for our professors like Lazy-Eyed Lenny or Dr. Overbite. <clears throat> well, you'll be tired from the trip. We must let you go to your room, but you'll join us for a drink in the lounge later? Of course. Sounds very relaxing. See you later, Zeke. He seems nice. He seems like a liar and I don't like it. Oh, Silas, he's harmless enough. A fool, really. Do we want fools at our wedding, dear? Now, Zeke, I have my reasons. It wouldn't be the big day without him. 
Mrs. Humble! Mrs. Humble! Mrs. Oh, here you are. You do realise my brow is getting quite moist. What, am I supposed to dab it myself? I'm sorry, sir, but I believe I have a task even more important than keeping your forehead dry. And what are you doing in Bold's library? Dusting the books? Straightening them? Don't tell me they're incorrectly alphabetised. I couldn't get that Innsmouth out my mind. It was something dark, occult even, and this is the place to look. His taste in books is weirder than a badger playing banjo on a bike. And have you remembered where you heard the name? Yes, sir, I have. Excellent. Now, the pneumatic regulator's still a bit sticky. Doctor, Mr. Bold might be in danger. <sighs> Very well, we'll do this. Danger? You remember Captain Rudyard Bluster, your client from the case of the Phantom Narwhal? Doesn't ring a bell. The one with the Phantom Narwhal? With you. He spoke of another captain by the name of Marsh, a right reckless wrong and who did unspeakable things all over the world. Things that'd fair make your whiskers curl, then fall out and burst into flames. Mm. Can we get to the danger part? That Marsh were from Innsmouth, so I've been up to my eyeballs in these volumes of voodoo and terrible tomes, indexing here, jotting down there, cross-referencing this, that and the other. Mrs. Und- Humble, if you claim to have a point, then I really must insist it be skipped to immediately. The town's run by a murderous cult of fishmen hybrids who mate with sea monsters and make human sacrifices to a god called Dagon. Yes, you see, I'd perhaps have led with that. And according to the local gazette, this Miss Prentice is about to marry a Gilman, the dodgiest family in the whole pervy place. So, you think we should go as soon as the etheric refraction coil's finished? Mr. Bold could be in trouble right now. Very well. First thing tomorrow. Sir! Oh, all right, all right. Norton? You bellowed, sir? We need a road map, a fully fueled motor car, and a thermos flask of what you call tea. Hey, Penny. Zeke. Is this seat taken? Hello again, Mr. Bold. You can call me Randy. We're buddies. You know, you and I actually have quite a bit in common. Right, Penny? (laughs) So glad you could join us, Mr. Bold. What's with all the paperwork? Ah, wedding preparations. So much to do. Speaking of which, my dear future mother-in-law will be here to discuss the ceremony any moment. Ziki, would you be a sweetheart and go meet her in the lobby? Of course, my little tadpole. Hurry back, Ziki! <laughs> Just call it okay. I'm in deep, and though I wish I didn't, I need your help. You're darn right you do. Help not to marry Henry Halibut there. Innsmouth's controlled by monster hybrid Dagon worshippers, and I need your skills to stop them. Why the hell else would I invite you to my wedding? Oh, this is that Innsmouth. I thought the esoteric order of Dagon was in Innsmouth, Vermont. No wonder the gift shop had no maple syrup. But nice if that was the worst thing about this place. The Order have a powerful artifact, the Eye of Dagon, and they're planning something big. The Eye's real? I've only read descriptions, kind of like a glowy blue bowling ball? It's in their temple beneath the church, where Hubby and I will be joined in unholy matrimony tomorrow if I don't skip town in time. The Eye's held there by some mystic ward I haven't been able to break. That's your job. I take it that, while barely trying, you're still an infuriatingly gifted warlock? Do fishmen do it in the ocean? Yes, they do. Gross. So the wedding's just a roost to keep you in town? I know, I know. I only came for a peek at Captain Marsh's book collection, but when I found out about the eye, I I had to do something. You? Penny, and please don't take this the wrong way, but you're the single most despicably selfish person I've ever met. The last time I saw you, you deliberately distracted me with an evening of vigorous- Okay, Romeo, I remember. Then shimmy down the drain pipe with my copy of Divermus Mysterious. I know I've been less than trustworthy in the past, but I've seen things since then, and I've changed. I care. About me? About you, about the world, and I don't want anything to happen to either. Please, Randy, I need you. I... 
And that's why green is really the only color for a wedding dress. Oh, good afternoon, Mother Gilman. Penelope, you're looking tired. Brandy, may I bestow upon you the honor of meeting my mother, Edith Gilman. It's a great pleasure, ma'am. That's quite a hat, Edith. May I call you Edith? I've had men horsewhipped for less. Mrs. Gilman it is. Randolph Bold, Miss Prentice and I studied together, so I couldn't miss her. Happy day. Well, I suppose we can bear the inconvenience of squeezing you in. Provided Miss Prentice has no more... Oh, surprise guest up her sleeve. Good evening. I do hope it's not an imposition, but we'd rather like to check in if someone could drag themselves to the front desk. And you are? I, madam, am Dr. Penny, Fine. this must be the aunt and uncle you were telling me about. Just arrived from jolly old England. Uh, yes, of course. Uncle Herbert and aunt. Hyacinth. Hyacinth Henshaw. Hello there. Uh, yes, indeed. That's us, all right. Delighted to meet you, Miss Prentice. Not that we've not met Penny before, of course. We call her Penny, do you remember? Because she's our niece. Oh, don't you two start bickering. You know what these old married couples are like. Good Lord. From England, you say? I didn't realise Penelope had any blood from the old country. Have you any connection to the Harrington Henshaws of Manchester? Uh, yes. Mm, connected uh, to them. Very much so. Well, the third, no fifth cousins, twice removed on my husband's estranged, long-lost great-great-grandmother's side. I wouldn't say we're close. I thought... Aunt Hyacinth might help with the preparations. The food, the flowers, perhaps decorating the church? We could use an extra hand. And I do admire a lady who still knows her way around the kitchen. I'd know my way blindfold around any kitchen, bathroom, ballroom or basement you'd care to mention. If you've got a job once doing right and finishing early, I'm your woman. Charming. Then shall we meet at the temp... Church at 5am. Sleeping in before a wedding. I don't think so. Wonderful. Well, lots to do. So we'll leave you all to enjoy your evenings. Come along, dear. Let's get ourselves a room. Yes, of course. That's normal. Once we'd, much to Dr. Quiet's scandalised horror, checked in, Mr. Bold secretly joined us in our room. I say room, more like a flipping cell. Bare light bulb, creaky floorboards, and a bedspread thinner than a chimney sweep's Friday face cloth. Boy, am I glad to see you guys. Bold, will you please explain why the Dickens I am currently labouring under the grotesquely prosaic moniker of Herbert Henshaw while sharing rented sleeping quarters with a woman who darns my socks? I must say, Mr. Bold, I'm not well chuffed about the arrangement either. The doctor snores like a bunged-up bulldog in a barrel of brandy. Insolent but accurate. I had to keep you safe. I figured they might not much like paranormal investigators around these parts, and you're the best there is. <laughs> Bold, if you think you can talk me round with a few simple words of transparent flattery, then you've clearly been paying attention. You won't believe Believe what's going on in this place. Town of evil fishmen? It's preposterous poppycock, but also seems to be true. We've seen nothing but trout-faced crossbreeds since we arrived. That desk clerk. I know, right? He's up, gents. He's just as God made him. Which God? Well, Dagon, obviously. And have this cult of carpy cads threatened you, old man? Not yet, but Penny wants my dazzling set of skills to help her pinch their favourite toy. Eye of Dagon, yes? Read about it on the way here. When I could read, with Mrs. Humble driving like a suicidal bat out of Hades. 30 miles an hour, too much for you. It's too much for any man. They call me Percy Pessimist, but I've got a hunch that when we swipe their most sacred artifact and stop them from, at a guess, raising the ocean floor, decimating mankind and reconquering the earth, they might get grumpy. Sir, the paraspectrograph spiking like a paranoid puffer fish. Must be the energy from that magic eyeball. Well, it's definitely not the party atmosphere. Talk about wet blankets. Know what I mean? Uh, are you attempting humor? Maybe. 
Did it work? Oh, not at all, no. I feel we're perhaps past the aquatic puns phase of the investigation. The goings-on here aren't so much fishy as they are life-threateningly perilous. Pretty blooming fishy too, though. Which is why we are going to make our excuses, leave town and inform the proper authorities. I won't abandon Penny. She only said she'd marry that salmon-scented side sack to get close to the eye. When the cop finds out, they could... I mean, she might. As you seem to be preoccupied with this inexplicable, and I would have thought rather humiliating, emotional involvement, I shall formulate plan B. Where's the eye? Under the church. But look out the window. The place is surrounded by henchmen, bodyguards, and brothers-in-law to be. He's right, sir. More muscle than a Frenchman's breakfast. And I can't just go shout hocus-pocus and grab the thing. I need time to study it, commune with its vibrations, fashion my next mystical masterpiece. You can't rush art. One of art's many drawbacks. Uh, the Paris spectrograph records ether harmonics, psionic valency, protoparticulate waves. Get it close enough and we'd have the exact cut of this blue bauble's jib. Would those readings be enough to help plan your, uh, wizardry? Bunch of five dollar words for fantastical forces, but yep, that'll do. Well, good old Auntie Hyacinth can stroll in there anytime she likes. No, it's too dangerous. But we wouldn't even be in there. Oh, you, you mean for Mrs... Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Sorry. Honestly, sirs, I'll grab them readings before you can say Jack Spratt's hat rack, in and out like a caffeinated cuckoo clock. And as I'm in there, I'll perhaps make sure the bunting's nice and symmetrical. I still don't like it. They must have every scary-looking dude in town down there. Well, if I may, I can think of one distracting matrimonial celebration that no menfolk anywhere can resist. A stag party? You said it, Zeke. It's your last night as a wild, carefree bachelor. I was hoping for an early night. So let's celebrate with dancing, debauchery, and... Well, debauchery. It's tradition, right, Uncle Bird? What? Oh, yes. Yeah, you must have a stallion. Stag. Stag do, old chap. I'll never forget mine that I had before my wedding, when I was married. To my wife. Well, I wouldn't want to do anything disrespectful to Penny. In fact, could I run my vows past you? Light of my life, pearl in my oyster. You've made you won't. Me... We'll be there to keep you on the leash, you old dog. We should all be there. Your brothers, cousins, vague acquaintances. Any male employees you may have. Doesn't that sound great? I hear Innsmouth's got a pretty ooh-la-la burlesque house. The blushing porpoise? I didn't know the health department had let them reopen. Perfect! I booked a table for 50 and the raw whiskey's on me. Woohoo! From the hotel window, I watched Dr. Quiet and an already pretty sore sozzled Mr. Bold handing out bottle after bottle of the local gut rot to the Gilman's guppy-looking guards. Once the chaps had led the men away like two pie-eyed pied pipers, I slipped the paraspectrograph under my unmentionables, donned my best candle-straightening gloves and set off for the church. Evening, ladies. Mrs. Henshaw, what an unexpected pleasure. And what can't sit on me laurels when there's work to be done. Makes my thumbs twitch. Well, actually, with the hors d'oeuvres prepared, the girls are all but done for the night. Perhaps you'd be a dear and just pop this box in the cellar, if you don't object to being down there alone. We're leaving now, so you may lock up at your convenience. Ah, well, right then, that's simple enough. I'll just grab this box and hold up. Are those the hors d'oeuvres? Yes, I'm not entirely sure how they're done, but Miss Prentice would insist. I don't usually hold with such fares, but for the future mother of my grand children, we made an effort. Oh, love, I'm sorry, but I wouldn't chuck them down for next door's terrier. It's a wedding, not a trollerman's tea party. I'm afraid they won't start him from scratch. I see. Perhaps with your Englishwoman's innate sense of ceremony and sophistication, you might lend a hand. Although I really do just need you to go to the cellar. Forget the cellar. There's canopies that need correcting. The eye weren't going anywhere, and there were a wedding in less than 24 hours with nibbles that looked like two far-sighted drunken monkeys had been having a seaweed and sardine fight. And speaking of drunken monkeys... 
Woo! Barkeep! Three rounds of whatever all my close personal friends here desire. Ask him for the wine list. Do they do cocoa? Cocktails! That's what we need. What do you got? Uh, do ya Nantucket schooner? Hmm? I'm interested. What is that? Whiskey in a glass. Or I think I might could recall how to fix a dusky deep one. Which is? Whiskey in a bottle. Give me 50 dusky deep ones. Ladies, if you'll watch me, we take a cracker and add one spoonful of caviar. Now, I understand you normally put it out in buckets and eat it with your hands, but I want you all to be thinking less is more. And remember, whether it's canapes or scenic decoration, not everything needs kelp. Has she finished yet? Ah, Zeke, you old stick in the mud. There's nothing wrong with appreciating the human, or part human, form. And these ladies are skilled entertainers. They can dance. But what would my beloved Penelope say? It's not proper. If I know Penny, and believe me, I know Penny. Old. Sorry. She may be wanting you to get a little improper tomorrow night, you lucky bastard. Old. What's tomorrow night? Ah, jeez, what a waste. Sounds like you need a crash course. Right, Qua? Uh, Uncle Bert? Mm? Mm. Uh, Birds, bees, etc. Done. See? Bert's a man of the world. He's not scared of his sensual self or immune to the charms of a lady. I've been looking at the floor since she came on stage. The sheer fluffiness of her giant fans was almost too much, and when she winked, I nearly lost consciousness. You guys, I should have brought Aunt Hyacinth. Bet she knows how to have fun. Straight, love. You call them pew straight? Yes, they may look perfect, but I've been round with me tape measure. A quarter inch here, a half inch there. It's blooming bedlam. Shall we just pile up a load of cushions like a Turkish doss house? Shall we? I've been with girls around the world, far from Devil Reef. But the cold embrace of a deep one keeps you warm beyond belief. <laughs> <laughs> you and Smith folk are all right. Thank you, Randy. And you two are my closest friends. Let's not go overboard. I thought we said no sea puns. <laughs> More shanties! By the eye of Dagon, I sure like girls with gills. Cause they've got What? Th- Hey, Silas, you having a good night? What did you say? About the girls with gills? I don't judge. In fact, I think I might have a bit of a thing for you. You're gonna tell me where on God's blue earth a know-nothing out-of-towner like you would have heard of the eye. I? Did I say I? Don't think so. Look, steady on, old chap. It's just a saucy sing-song. We don't mean to give offense. But I mean to take it. Whoa there, let's have no stabbings between friends. Why don't we count to ten here? Or, I've always been a fan of the number 10,000. You a daggone damned spy! Who sent you? Murdering me would only spoil the wedding! Look, I'm sorry, but this is getting positively ungentlemanly. One last time. How'd you know about the eye? I told him. Ezekiel, you've been flapping your jaw. Sorry, brother, but you know how I love to chat. Chatty chat chat chat. Especially when I drink. I don't recollect you ever drinking before tonight, but... All right, then. Nantucket schooners all round! Thanks, Zeke. You're welcome, my friend. Silas, if I may say, you've a remarkable singing voice. Quite the basso profundo. What was that last chanty? Oh, an insmith lass can swim real fast and she don't need a diving bell. With a nice white white grin, rough gray skin, skin, and the telltale insmith spell. Once I'd finally established that rancid lobster pots are not an appropriate item of decor and pickled sea cucumbers into dessert, we finished not only the hors d'oeuvres but a decent main course and a passable selection of sweet options. At 3am I treated myself to a nice kip on the floor. Then at quarter past got back up and had one last tidy. Job done. 
Oh, and I went down and got them readings off that orb thing too, which I suppose is the main point, but I prepare a three-course meal for a hundred guests out of note, and the important bit is whether I took ten seconds to wave a box over a glowing ball. Once quiet and bold had returned to the hotel, singing songs which a lady mustn't recall, applied them with coffee thick as paint, while the dawn broke and Mr Bold frantically drew up his mystical plans. And that should do it. Sorry, took longer than I thought. That's a heck of a hex. You've fully compensated for any concussive psychosphere response. With Dharma cantillation, sure. Up oh, two made-up words. How reassuring. Do hurry along, gents. The church still looks deserted, but that haughty old Edith What's-Her-Face said she'd be there in 20 minutes. Right, let's grab that troublesome trinket and get out of this, uh, bad town. Apologies. This hangover seems to be impeding my ability to think of words that are... Good. We can't leave Penny. As soon as we disappear with the eye, they'll know she's to blame. I'm going to sneak her out of her room. You two wait for us in the church. There may not be time. Look, Bold, though it pains me more than last night's poor decision-making to say it, you know how to remove the eye from that temple. I don't. He's right, sir. And if somebody does turn up, I can stall them. I'll say I've been there all night straightening hors d'oeuvres. I'd believe that. Then it's settled. I'll fetch Miss Prentice. We'll fetch the eye, then meet, meet by, by the, the car, car in, in ten minutes. minutes. Mr. Bold and myself stuck to the chill morning shadows as we crept across to the eerily silent church, entered by a side door and descended to the cellar. As he read from his strangely bound book and made symbols in the air around the sinister shrine, the blue light of the eye pulsed and weakened. Finally, with a little extra nudge from the protonic disruptor I'd had the common sense to bring along, Mr. Bold plucked the thing from its base like it were nothing and popped it in my carpet bag. Perhaps the fourth or fifth weirdest thing that's been in there. Exchanging a nod of silent relief, we hurried back up the stairs, unfortunately. Mrs Henshaw, aren't we the early bird? And why were you in the cellar with Mr Brown, was it? Just needed a hand taking down that galumphing great box. You know how it is, Edith, when none of us are strong as we used to be. This box, still sitting here? Oh, that's what we forgot. Funny story, actually. Wasn't it funny, Hyacinth? We were down there, scratching our heads, saying, Why are we in this completely normal-looking cellar again? (laughs) Hilarious, I'm sure. And what prey might you have in that hideous cheap bag? This bag? Oh, just me. Yeah, very private lady things. We must have all our perfumes and potions, mustn't we, Edith? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the gun away, lady. We'll move your stupid box. You'll stand quite still. And you, you shabby little woman, will cease doing me the gross discourtesy of addressing me as Edith. I've received wire from Manchester overnight. The Harrington Henshaws have never so much as heard of you. Open the bag. All right. Here you go. Run! Grab them! Uh, Mr. Bold! Uh, uh, now, uh, who are you? Come in. Ah, good morning, Miss Prentice. Uh, now, as a gentleman, I will of course be keeping my eyes closed while in your private room. You must come Uncle wi- Herbert! What are you doing here? Bold, who even I can see cares for you very deeply, and I understand less about amorous affairs than I do about my housekeeper's obsession with the alleged health-giving properties of vinegar, has the eye of Dagon. We're leaving now. Eye of what? I don't know what you mean, Uncle. Hello, Mr. Henshaw. Ah, fiddlesticks. Oh, I do apologise, young lady. Honestly, this profanity of mine. Zeke, what's he talking about? Sorry, Penny dear. I'm afraid I have to speak with Herb alone. But Ezekiel, you won't hurt him, will you? Promise you'll only make him... (sighs) And I really thought I'd finally made some true friends. You want to steal my family's most sacred heirloom, and Randy... 
my beloved Penelope. Look, man to man, I want to make clear there's nothing whatsoever personal in this old boy. But, um... hi Oh, God! Well, I'll never forget my knuckle dusters again. <laughs> ah! Oh! Oh, I say, are those poisoned spines you can shoot out of there? That's rather clever. Fast acting, too. Why do all my friendships end like this? Dr. Quiet, myself and Mr. Bold, bleeding badly from that shot to the shoulder, were tied to chairs before the altar of that terrible temple. Trussed up like turkeys we were, you had to admire the knotwork. I noticed Miss Penelope Prentice were nowhere in sight, as Silas trained a gun on us. Old Mother Gilman droned on about throwing us in sea, and Ezekiel, he looked like he'd been crying. Why? Why? After all the magic and laughs we shared last night, I left poor Penny up there devastated. That's a powerful artifact you got there, buddy. In the wrong hands. Or flippers. You could destroy the world as we know it. Penny wouldn't want that. And neither do we. You hot-blooded scum are unworthy to even speak its name. It belongs to our people. And soon, we will no longer be cowering in the shadows of this decrepit village, but shining like beacons of power for your world to see and fear. And we were going to invite you to the summer house. Oh, that would have been nice. You have skill and courage. You could have served our cause. But now, let the deep ones do what they will with you. Oh, mother, not that. You said we'd grant them a quick death. Silence, you mewling Well, I'm hazarding a guess these deep ones are not simply a group of profoundly philosophical thinkers. Nope, full-blown fish folk. Like amphibian, monstery, don't even wear clothes kind of guys. Nude? Could this possibly get any more depraved? Uh, yeah, lots more. I'm sorry it has to end this way. Not as sorry as we are, you speech-giving, gill-breathing, beady-eyed beggars! Enough! There remains a ceremony to perform. My son still wishes the Prentice girl for his mate. So that is what she will be. You keep your slimy paws off her! Silas! And, with sincerest thanks to our three unexpected guests here, we shall end with a sacrifice to be remembered! Praise Dagon! Praise Dagon! Come, my sons. It's quite a right hook he's got there. Took my mind off the bullet wound, though. Speaking of which, I could really do with getting free and stemming some of this blood loss, so if you've got razor blade shoes or rope-dissolving cufflinks... No, my razor shoes are brown. Couldn't possibly have worn them with this suit. Uh, Mrs. Humble, anything? Afraid not, sir. You escape kits in me hat, as usual, but right now I'm very much like my late husband after his third helping of Spotted Dick. I can't budge an inch. Well, I'll be losing consciousness in a few minutes, so it's been a blast knowing you guys. Just promise me one thing. Anything, sir. Swear you'll save Penny. Absolutely not. But quiet. Oh, let it go, man. She did nothing to save me from getting blow-darted by that venomous gill man. And... Oh, Gilman! I see, yes. Bit of a giveaway, really. You don't know her like I do. We want switch bodies for a whole weekend. That sort of thing really teaches you about someone. When will you learn emotions cloud objective judgment? I've never forgotten Father saying that to me on my fifth birthday. It's just after our annual handshake. I am sorry, Mr. Bold, but if she felt the same way about you, wouldn't she be saving us? Those Gilmans will have figured out she's part of this. I'll bet diamonds to dog eggs she's miles away by now. Hasn't even one of you got razor blade shoes? Penny! Shh! I'll cut you loose. I knew you'd save us. No, he didn't. What on earth are you wearing, madam? You look like a filthy fisherman. It's called a disguise. I thought the wedding dress might be a little conspicuous. Randy, do you remember how to release the eye? Sure do. Photographic memory. And speaking of graphic memories, it's so good to see you again. Not now. I'll guard the stairs. You put the eye in this bag. Get that out of this temple and I'll get us out of town. Our motor car's hidden behind the old fish cannon plant. Not anymore. They found it. But I've got some transport of my own. 
Which way now? Down through these alleys to the docks and try to keep low. Miss, I hate pointing out the obvious more than I hate running out of ironing. But is it the most prudent choice to try and escape an army of fishermen by sea? It's a very fast boat. Besides... Get them, boys! They see us! Cheese it! We tore off across the cobbles through a hail of bullets, weaving in and out of alleyways, cut-throughs, ginnels and snickets. Finally, we arrived at the dockside with a clear run to Miss Prentice's very fancy-looking boat. But just then... A huge grey-green shape leapt from the water like a bar of soap from a bricklayer's fist. A deep sea fish's head and gorilla-ish body with armoured scales and claws like the blade of a scythe. It's a deep one! Really? Never have guessed. What do we do? I don't know. I've only read about them. Bold. Any pertinent spells springing to mind? Not that I can do in the next five seconds. You got any useful gizmos? No. And for what will clearly be the last time, I deeply resent the G word. Look out! Did... did we do that? No. Ezekiel? I couldn't let them have you, my love. My friends. Now, go! Zeke, if they find out you've helped us... Go! I'll never forget you, Penny. Oh, Zeke. Mind you, I'll never forgive you either, so I wouldn't show your face around Innsmouth again anytime soon. Shouldn't be a problem. Ta-ta! We jumped into the boat and were away, Gilman goons firing on us from the docks and great ominous shapes in the water, closing in from all around. Penny, you came back for us. I knew I could trust you. I didn't want to leave you, but I'm afraid I have to. Don't stop. Those monsters are getting close... Bold, why is the young lady pointing a gun at us? This is Agent Prentice. I have the oculum. Ready for pickup. It's a pretty classic double-cross quiet. Oh, Penny. Take the boat. You'll be safe out beyond the reef. Kingsport's just up the coast. And Randy, don't forget to say a healing charm for that shoulder. Now there's a submarine. Ah, of course there is. A Bethlehem Steel S-Class Holland type, if I'm not mistaken, sir. I'm sorry, but there's something going on that's bigger than both of us. I hope someday I'll explain. And maybe you'll even forgive me. Knowing me, I probably will. See you around, P.P. Without a word, some men in odd uniforms let Miss Flippin' Prentice aboard the submarine, which really was a beaut, leaving us to quickly put as much distance as we could between ourselves and Innsmouth. At that time, I'd not yet seen Mr. Bold, sad. He always had a light about him. But that day, on that boat, that light was very dim. I'm sorry. Bold. Can they, whoever they are, do a lot of damage with the eye? None. What? Well, I'd say raising the ocean floor might put something of a crimp on the day of most land-dwelling men. They don't have it. We do. We do. We do. We do. We do. Do we? In Mrs. Humble's bag, I filled pennies with net weights while she was driving the boat. Oh, well played, old boy. Check and mate. You knew she'd betray us, sir. I knew she wasn't the world-saving type. Not like us. But I really hope she changed. Yes, sir. But we have to see what's there, even when what's there isn't what we want to see. It can be hard not to see what we want to see, but it's even harder to see what we don't want to see, but still see it all the same. Wise words, Mrs. H. Well, I mean, they objectively weren't. Jeez, you know, for a supposed English gentleman, you sure are rude. Oh, Mrs. Humble understands. I'm merely observing that, judged against any criteria or set of standards by which we might assess the value or quality of an aphorism, namely insight, brevity, clarity... Little did we know we'd have need of the Eye of Dagon very soon, but it's not yet time to speak of that. 
I'd like to say that were the last we saw of Agent Penny Prentice. I'd like to say I don't at all suspect her of being involved in Quiet and Bold's recent disappearance. I'd like to say that just once Mr Bold became romantically entangled with a woman who didn't try to shatter his sanity, sacrifice him to a sea monster or reduce him to his essential salts. But that wouldn't make it true. So concludes the case of the Innsmouth Bride. But what arcane hand pulled the strings of the puppet Penelope Prentice? Will Quiet and Bold be able to protect the Eye of Dagon? And to what lengths will the mysterious Green Society go to get it back? Find out next time in Quiet and Bold, the city on the edge of beyond. Quiet and Bold was written and produced by Greg Johnson and Chris Lackey, with performances by Rachel Lackey, Greg Johnson, Chris Lackey, Heather Klinky, Chad Pfeiffer and Andrew Lehman. Editing, sound design and title music were by Greg Johnson, with all other incidental music by Reba Clark.